Welcome to the Randy Gravit Leadership Podcast, where we help you lead the hardest person you will ever lead, yourself. Here's your host, someone who believes leadership begins at home, Randy Gravit. Leadership really does begin at home. And I'm not just talking about your family. It is what is going on when you think about your own self-leadership. How much are you doing to grow yourself? When you grow you, you'll grow stuff. You'll help grow other people. You'll grow teams. You'll grow organizations. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast this week. We're going we're gonna to talk about this idea of being an authentic leader. I think it's an important topic for us to talk about. Now, when I think about authenticity as a leader, I, I, I actually like to work, use the word integrity. Now, I think the word integrity is an important word. We all would say we want our people to have integrity, all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we misunderstand what integrity really means. It actually is is a math word. It comes from a math word, actually, the, the word integer. And if you are a math person, you know that an integer is a whole number. A person who is integrated is whole. And we believe leadership is holistic. I know you're leading stuff at work and you're leading stuff, you know, with your teams. That's all great. But but what are you doing at home? Are you holistic in the way you think about it? Not just winning at work, but also winning at home, winning in your self-leadership, winning financially, winning physically, winning emotionally, winning spiritually, relationally, pick your area, but also winning and thriving with great results in the workplace, the things you try to do. So that's why we're here. Remember, that's that's why we're doing this podcast. We're trying to help leaders lead themselves. And we're just spending a little time each week in, in a kind of a one-on-one little pep talk here to help you. If you can get better, everything around you gets better. And so that's that's what we're trying to do. So this week we're talking really about integrity-based leadership, leadership that is integrated as opposed to disintegrated or blown apart. Do you do you have your leadership kind of buttoned up when you think about it? And is there a holistic, you're, you're the whole number when people look at you, they say, man, you, she is really doing great. She's got it all kind of balanced. Now, I think a question might help us when we think about it. And, and the question is this, what's your picture of leadership? Or maybe you, you would ask the question, what's your definition of leadership? But I, but I like this question, what's your picture of leadership? When I think about leadership, one of the first pictures that comes to mind for me is a picture that I, I guess I first saw it maybe around fifth grade. I'm a little elementary guy and I'm in science class. And and I remember our, our teacher drawing this picture on the board. It was a picture of an iceberg. And when she draws this picture, it's kind of funny looking. You know, I didn't I'd never seen an iceberg before. I'm from a little country town in North Georgia. We don't have any icebergs there. And so when she puts this picture on the board, we have to take her word for it when she describes it. She says about 90%, as I recall, of the of the mass of an iceberg is below the waterline. 90% below and about 10% above. And she draws draws the little ocean ripples on the on the blackboard there. And and I didn't, I, you know, again, we take her word for it, but I, I had an opportunity actually uh to go to Alaska a couple of summers ago, and I saw some real icebergs, and my fifth grade science teacher was telling me the truth. There's a lot more going on underneath the surface than there is above the surface. I think that's a great picture of leadership. When you think about your own favorite leaders that you've ever followed, people that you've benefited from, people who believed in you, people who encouraged you, didn't they have some stuff going on below the surface as opposed to above? I mean, they had stuff going above the surface as well, but underneath the surface, there was there was what we call leadership character that is what really marked us. I'm, I'm guessing if you listed some of those attributes, your favorite attributes about those people, 
who you really enjoyed following the most, it would be some of the, the things like humility and 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 their loyalty and their belief in you and and the way they encouraged you and the way they were trustworthy. Some of those kind of things that, that are character traits as opposed to they were really great at leading a meeting or building a team. Those things are all important. Those are leadership skills. We, and as we think about this picture of leadership, you might even sketch it out if you're not riding down the road or on your exercise bike or on your jog right now. You might, you might just sketch out a, a picture of an iceberg, give it about 90% below uh, when, you, when you weight the thing and, and draw a big heart in the bottom of that. It, it, I think leadership, when people ask me, like, where do you start when you try to grow your integrity as a leader? I would encourage you to start with the heart. I think you start with the heart. It is so important for us to have a way to think about growing our leadership character. We also need to grow our skills. We'll spend a lot of time talking about how to grow your skills. We, we talk about that all the time. You do need the skills of leading a meeting and building a team and developing people and solving problems. Those are all great to have. But think about the leaders who have struggled. Think about the athletes who have gotten in trouble. Think about the politicians who are kind of off the rails. And, and you, as you begin to look at people who are really good at some of the leadership skills, the leadership character is what's gotten them into trouble. They've chosen to take, chosen to take steroids. They have, uh, they've cheated on, you know, their, their spouse. They have, they have made financial decisions that were reckless. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's, preachers, politicians, athletes, all walks of life, the people who struggle to build trust with the people that they lead, it's always a character issue, or, or most of the time, it's a, it's, a, it's a character issue, not a competency issue. And so I want us to think about how do we make sure as leaders, we have our character, not just uh, acceptable, but, but we have exceptional character. We have character that's growing. We have character that others trust. I think it starts with the heart. And I actually want to use this word heart. My friend, Mark Miller, who is a, um, he, he's a business guy. He's a VP of high performance leadership at actually a company called Chick-fil-A. You probably heard of it. Probably enjoy Chick-fil-A. I love to have their sandwiches. It's so much fun to get to go eat some Chick-fil-A. Uh, I, I like the spicy, that's, you know, the spicy sandwich. That's, that's pretty cool with the frosted coffee. Those are, those are fun for me as well. And the peach milkshake, you know, once a year you get that for just a few days. And I, I keep wishing they would make that all year long. But anyway, Mark, he, he does uh, high performance leadership with them. And Mark's written a book called the heart of leadership. Actually, it's a, it's a, it's a great book. Uh, Mark and I actually work together on some stuff, some projects. We develop content together. A lot of stuff we've done ha have been, um, co-authored some of those resources. Well, Mark wrote a book called The Heart of Leadership, and he and I have done some work on that. And I want to take that acrostic that is really in that book, and I'm going to give you a, a, a gift at the end today. But but in that book, Mark uses the word heart, and, he, and he, he really introduces us to what I'll call some heart habits that leaders, it doesn't matter your age, you can be a young leader, an old leader. These heart habits are going to be things that we're going to have to continually practice if we're going to become leaders that others want to follow. So let me give you this across it real quick. It'd be something you can think about this week, some things that you can practice this week. I think it'll be helpful. The H is, do we hunger for wisdom? Are we leaders, if you think about it, are we leaders who are, are teachable? Leaders who are trying to get better? Leaders who are, are trying to learn, who are committed to growing? Hungering for wisdom will, will make you a leader that others will come up underneath and say, you know what, if, if she's learning, if he's learning, 
I want to make sure I'm learning as well. In, in fact, when you create a growth culture, the people around you will want to grow. And so as a leader, start by growing yourself. Do you hunger for wisdom? Are you teachable? Are you reading stuff? Do you have a mentor? Maybe you need a coach. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you out. It, 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 when you think about hungering for wisdom, are you making sure every week that you're building in time to learn and grow and position yourself to make wise decisions. A wise decision is really the best decision. And so I want to I want to challenge you to hunger for wisdom. Make it a habit of your heart to all the time be trying to get better, trying to get smarter, trying to get wiser as you lead. Here's the second one. The E is for expect the best. Do you as a leader expect that something good is about to happen? I can tell you this, if you're not really expecting that something good is going to happen, your people won't either. Your family won't. Whoever it is you lead, whatever you're a part of, the leader's job is to be in front of the line when it comes to this attitude of expectancy, this belief, this optimism that something good is going to happen. Leaders see a better future and they take people there. They don't, they're not looking at all the challenges and struggles. They, they understand those are there. They're a reality. But it is so easy for us to become negative and jaded and critical if we're not careful when my girls were little, we always loved to read to them uh, Winnie the Pooh. You, you may be a Winnie the Pooh fan. I don't know if you anybody read Winnie the Pooh anymore, but uh, Winnie the Pooh, really cool, you know, really cool stuff. He would say, you know, we had little girls, so it was it was it was fun to to uh, read Winnie the Pooh with them. Uh, I like some of the stuff he said. He he said stuff like A.A. Uh, a. Milne, I think, was the guy who wrote this. He he says, uh, if you live to be a hundred, I want to be a hundred minus one day. So I never have to live a day without you kind of stuff. That's just cool stuff. You know, that's really great. Uh, there's cool little characters, Tigger, and you got Piglet and Pooh and and Roo. I mean, cute little. And, and then Eeyore. Remember Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore is this donkey who is doom and gloom. The skies fall and it very cute and the bedtime stories. But Eeyore, if you work with an Eeyore, Man, it can be a drain. It can suck the life out of a leader to have a, a, an Eeyore on their team. Well, my friend, if the leader is the Eeyore, it is killing the morale of the people. It is draining the energy from the team. I want us to race to the front of the line when it comes to expecting the best, not just being a leader who hopes things get better, but really expects that something's going to happen and we're going to get to a better place. And when you lead that way, Others want to follow that as opposed to a leader who is negative, critical. We can't. We won't. I don't think so. So let's let's be leaders who expect the best. Here's the third one. The A is to accept responsibility. The best leaders I've ever known understand that they are responsible for not only their outcomes, but the outcomes of those they lead. Now, I want you to think about your team for a second. I want you to think about your enterprise, your whatever it is you're leading. Do you really accept responsibility, not just for your actions, but the actions of those that you lead. When things go wrong on that team, is it is it because they came to work with a bad heart or they wanted to try to mess it up to see if they could upset you? Usually not. The times in the past when the people that I've led have struggled, most of the time it was not that they were like, I hope I can you know mess up so Randy won't be will be frustrated. It, usually it's been because I haven't trained them correctly. I haven't encouraged them the right way. I haven't held them accountable. I haven't resourced them, whatever. It, it, it's, as a leader, it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm not just taking ownership for what I'm doing, but I'm actually responsible for what other people are doing as well. And I think it's just a really great heart habit for us to say, I'm going to accept responsibility 
for, for, for my stuff if I'm the leader. So again, you're in charge of what you lead. You're the, you're the architect of the culture that you're trying to build. Uh, take, a, take a page from a former president who says the buck stops here. If you're the leader, you're, you're the one who has to wear the hat and say, it is on me when things don't go the way they should. So hunger for wisdom, expect the best, accept responsibility. The R is the best leaders have the heart habit of responding with courage. They respond with courage. There's, there's two choices you have, as I can see it. You can, you can be courageous or you can be comfortable. And I can tell you from experience, the best leaders, and, and really myself, when I think about it, I have never been comfortable being comfortable. I've really been more comfortable when I was being courageous. And the same thing is true for you. Leaders are never, they're not built to be comfortable. It, it, we're, we're just not. I, I mentioned to you uh, last week, I, I actually like to read the Bible. And a few years ago, I was trying to make this decision, this massive decision. Am I going to Gonna, gonna leave this job I have and 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 go out and really try to help more leaders. And I was, there were a few things I was worried about. Is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? And I, I'm not sure how this is gonna work, you know. And um, I got a couple of kids in college at the time, and a couple that were in late high school. They're about to go to college. Uh, we we love living indoors. I mean, there, there's like, am I really gonna go quit my job? And and yet, I, I, as, I'm, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm trying to find, is there a verse that says, be comfortable? Because I had actually grown a little comfortable in, in, the, in the role I was in, and I couldn't find, there, I mean, if you don't read the Bible, don't waste your time looking for the verse that says, be comfortable. You're not going to find it. What you are going to find if you open up the Bible is you're going to find a verse that's actually not just one verse over and over again. It says, be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. It's, it's almost as if God knew we would need to be reminded over and over and over again that you're going to have to summon courage. If you're going to be a leader, if you're going to have influence, you're going to have impact, you got to be courageous. And so for you being courageous right now or responding with courage is probably not scheduling a skydiving session or going bungee jumping or, you know, hopping out of a helicopter. That's not the kind of courage I'm talking about. Courage is, is showing up and doing what you say you're going to do. Courage is being willing to have a hard conversation with somebody on your team, being able to let somebody go who is holding your team back. Courage sometimes is being willing to raise your hand and say, you know what? That's on me. I'm the one who needs to accept responsibility for what we didn't get done, not what you didn't do. Rather than shaming and blaming the people around me, if I'm in charge and it's not growing or it's not flowing the way it's supposed to be, I need to be the one to say courageously, I, I didn't do what I'm supposed to and I'm going to get better and I need you to be patient with me. Whatever you need to say, but sometimes courage is not some crazy thrill ride. It is it is actually being able to just really look at people and say, I'm, I'm going to take, take ownership of that. So we hunger for wisdom. This is a hard habit. We expect the best. We accept responsibility. We respond with courage. And then finally, we think the best leaders, Mark wrote this in his book, the best leaders think others first. They think others first. I would say that the, the greatest leaders I've ever known, they are servant leaders. They are compelled by the unshakable desire to serve. And, and that sounds really great. Servant leadership kind of has a bad rap these days. People don't really understand what it means. But I think when we think about serving the people around us, I'll just give you a couple of practical things that, that you can ask yourself. Uh, the first one is just first start with, who can I help? You know, who can I help? Like uh, right now I'm guessing someone comes to mind and you say, when it comes to thinking others first, 
And, and it's easy for you to look at your people and think, man, they're here to help me. But who is it on your team, in your family, in your organization, in your franchise, whatever it is you lead, who is it right now that you actually can help? And, and then the question, the, the next layer of that question is, how can you add value to that person? Not just how can I help them, but how can I really add value to this person? Not, as I said before, extract value, but how can I add value to this person? Somebody right now is coming to your mind. As you start thinking about thinking others first, that word others kind of scares us sometimes because we think I got to help everybody and we want to create a culture where everybody gets helped. But I want to I want to remind you today that you don't have to help everybody every day. You want to create a culture where everybody can be helped every day. But there's a there's a um, there's a leader here in Atlanta, a guy named Andy Stanley. He, I heard him say one time, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I think that's a powerful way to think about this adding value. Who can I help? Pick one person and then ask yourself, what would I do to add value to this person? As you begin to do that, all of a sudden you are, you are a leader who begins to think others first. So again, let's recap this. We, we want to hunger for wisdom. We want to expect the best. We want to accept responsibility, respond with courage and think others first. These are the heart habits of a great leader. One of my favorite sayings of all time is above all else, guard your heart, for that's where your life comes from. As you think about your leadership, I would encourage you this week to guard your heart, to work on those heart habits, those five things that we discussed. And, and as you do, you'll become a leader others want to follow. Now, I want to give you a gift before we go. If you'll take out your phone and you will text the word, or not the word, but you'll text the letters H-O-L for Heart of Leadership. Just text H-O-L to 33777. Mark and I have written a quick start guide for the Heart of Leadership uh, resources that we've created. And we'd love to give you a free digital copy of that Heart of Leadership quick start guide, H-O-L to 33777. It'll give you a, a way for you to begin to work on some tactics and some tools that'll help you work on growing your own leadership character. Let's make sure that we're not just leaders who grow our skills, but we we work on the part that matters most really when, when it comes to being a leader others want to follow. We start with the heart. I'll say it again, above all else, guard your heart. That's where your life comes from. And here's what I can tell you. If you have the right heart, you're going to bring life to your organization. You're going to bring life to your people. You're going to bring life to whatever it is you're trying to lead. I'll say it another way. Above all else, guard your heart. Here's why. Because if your heart's not right, nobody cares about your skills. Imagine a world where all of us who are leading, who have influence over others, that we understand it's not just our skills. It's not just our ability to lead a meeting or cast a vision or solve a problem or build a team or grow a person. It actually is our character that's going to create legacy, which is what we're all trying to do. So let's go lead well this week and let's start with the heart. Thanks for listening to the Randy Gravit Leadership Podcast. Please help us spread the word by sharing today's episode with your friends and coworkers. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel on Spotify or through iTunes. You'll find all the links on the media tab at randygravit.com. Now let's go apply what we've learned and lead ourselves well. Remember, leadership begins at home.